What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Time Out with Tony. I am your host, Tony. Uh, yes, October is upon us now. Time for ghosts, goblins, and a bunch of other scary stuff to come out and live out their month. Ooh, ha, 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 ha. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, you guys, welcome back to another episode. It's finally October, 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 October. I got a lot of good stuff planned out for this month. Um, some of it may be stupid, some of it may be, may not be, uh, either way, got a lot of stuff planned, and I can't wait for you guys to see it. Um, we're almost at 200 plays, for at least the time of this recording, we're almost at 200 plays, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Alright, now judging by the title, you guys have seen that we're taking yet another trip into the MCU today, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, we will be taking another trip into the MCU today, this time, uh, going start staring away from Iron Man, and we're checking out yet another Marvel Comics character that is beloved by many people, and that is the Incredible Hulk. So that's what we're doing today, ladies and gentlemen. Today we'll be reviewing the Incredible Hulk. Um, now, some of you guys may be confused. Some of you guys may be saying, "Wait a minute, the Incredible Hulk isn't part of the MCU." Yes, yes, it is. Despite um, despite the actor Edward Norton, who plays as uh, Bruce Banner, aka the Hulk, not being in the rest of the MCU films, uh, it still does count. Um, a lot of the, a lot of, um, a lot of the events in the movie are referenced in later movies in the MCU. Some characters do make another appearance, and um, yeah, um, yeah. That's as far as, far as I'm concerned. That's how. Uh, it's it is considered a part of the MCU, um, and yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So without further ado, why don't you go ahead and kick back, relax, crack open a soda, beer, or whatever it is that you drink, and relax, because this is the Incredible Hulk. All right, so for those of you new to our podcast, here's how this goes. First off, we go a bit of into a premise um, with the movie, like sort of like a short summary. Then we go into the actual plot, go over this, the movie, some of the points. Um, and after that, we give it our rating, our personal opinions. Uh, after that, we um, uh, go, go a bit behind the scenes. We take a look at how the movie was developed, um, how it did at the box office, and uh, yeah, should be a nice day. All right. So, for those of you that do not know, The Incredible Hulk is a 2008 American superhero film based on the Marvel Comics character, The Hulk. First produced by Marvel Studios and distributed by Universal Pictures, it's the second film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, or better yet, known as the MCU. It was directed by Louis Leterrier, and uh, it was it was actually from a screenplay by Zach Penn, and stars Edward Norton as Bruce Banner, aka the Incredible Hulk. Alongside, we got Liv Taylor, Tim Roth, Tim Blake Nelson, Ty Burrell, and William Hurt. In the film, Bruce Banner becomes the Hulk 
as an unwitting pawn in a military scheme to reinvigorate the super soldier program through gamma radiation. Uh, now, um, in MCU lore, the super soldier program is the same program that transformed uh, Steve Rogers into Captain America. Um, spoiler alert, sorry. Those of you that have not seen the MCU whatsoever, I recommend you watch the MCU first before I accidentally spoil it for you. Anyways. Um, right. So, Banner goes on the run for the military while attempting to cure himself of the Hulk. As the, the mixed reception to Universal's 2003 film Hulk, just straight up Hulk, Marvel Studios reacquired the rights to the character, though uh, though Universal retained uh, distribution rights. Leterrier, who expressed interest in directing Iron Man uh, for Marvel, was brought on board and, and Zach Penn uh began to work on a script that would be much closer to the comics and the 1978 television series of the same name. In April of 2007, Norton was hired to portray Banner and to rewrite Penn's screenplay. His script positioned the film as a reboot of the series, distancing it from the 2003 film to give it uh, the new version to give the new version its own identity. Norton was ultimately not credited for his writing and filming took place from July to November of 2007, primarily in Toronto, uh, Canada. Uh, additional filming was in New York City and Rio de Janeiro. Over 700 visual uh, effects shots were created in post-production using a combination of motion capture and computer-generated imagery to complete the film. The Incredible Hulk first premiered at the Gibson Amphitheater in Universal City, California on June 8, 2008 and was released in the United States on June 13th as part of Phase 1 of the MCU. It was widely considered to be an improvement over the 2003 film with praise for its visuals, action sequence, and portrayal of the character. The film grossed $264.8 million worldwide, making it the lowest grossing film of the MCU. Yes, that's right. The lowest grossing film of the MCU only made 264. Ouch. Uh, Norton disputed with Marvel over the final edit of the film and chose not to promote it. He was later then re replaced in the role of Bruce Banner by actor Mark Ruffalo for future films, starting with 2012's The Avengers. All right, let's get into the plot. <clears throat> Our story opens up at Culver University in Virginia. General Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross meets with Dr. Bruce Banner, the colleague and boyfriend of his daughter, Betty, regarding an experiment that Ross claims is meant to make humans immune to gamma radiation. The experiment, part of a World War II era super soldier program that Ross hopes to create, recreate, sorry, fails, and the exposure to gamma radiation causes Banner to transform into the Hulk for brief periods of time, whenever his heart rate rises above 200 beats per minute. The Hulk destroys the lab and surrounding area, killing several people inside and injuring the General and Betty, along with others outside. Banner becomes a, a fugitive from the U.S. military, and Ross in particular, who wants to weaponize the Hulk. Five years go by. Banner now works at a modeling factory in Rochina, Rio de Janeiro, Brazil while searching for a cure to his condition. On the internet, he anonymously collaborates with a colleague, only known as Mr. Blue. He is learning yoga techniques to help keep control and has not transformed in the past five months. While at work, Banner accidentally cuts his finger and he accidentally drops uh, a bit of his blood into a bottle, which is eventually ingested by an elderly consumer in Milwaukee. Wisconsin, and uh, it ends up giving him gamma sickness. Using the bottle to track down Vanner, Ross sends in a special forces team led by Emil Blonsky to capture him. 
Banner transformed into the Hulk and defeats Blonsky's team. After Ross explains how Banner became the Hulk, Blonsky agrees to be injected with a small amount of, of a similar serum, which gives him enhanced speed, strength, agility, and healing. But it also begins to deform his skeleton and it, and it impairs his judgment. Uh, Banner returns to Culver University and reunites with Betty. Banner is attacked a second time by Ross and Blonsky's forces, tipped off by a suspicious Samson, causing him to again transform into the Hulk. The ensuing battle outside the university proves futile for Ross's forces, and they retreat, though Blonsky, whose sanity is faltering, attacks and mocks the Hulk. The Hulk severely injures Blonsky and flees with Betty. After the Hulk reverts to Banner, he and Betty go on the run. Betty contacts Mr. Blue, who urges them to meet him in New York City. Mr. Blue is actually cellular biologist Samuel Stearns, uh, who tells Banner that he has developed a possible antidote to Banner's condition. After a successful test, he warns Banner that the antidote may only reverse each individual transformation. Stern reveals that he synthesized Banner's blood samples, which Banner sent from Brazil, into a large supply with the intention of applying it its limitless potential to medicine fearful of the hulk's power of uh, falling into the military hands banner wishes to destroy the blood supply a recovered blonsky joins forces uh, i mean he recovered blonsky joins ross's forces for a third attempt to take banner into custody they succeed and banner and betty are taken away via helicopter blonsky stays behind and orders sterns to inject him with banner's blood as he covets the hulk's power the experiment mutates blonsky into the abomination a creature with a size and strength surpassing that of the Hulk. He attacks Stearns, who gets some of Banner's blood in a cut on his forehead, causing him to begin mutated, causing him to begin mutating as well. The Abomination rampages through Harlem, realizing that the Hulk is the only one who can stop the Abomination. Banner convinces Ross to release him. He jumps from Ross's helicopter and transform, transforms after hitting the ground. After a battle throughout Harlem, the Hulk defeats the Abomination by nearly strangling him to death with a chain, but spares his life upon hearing Betty's plea and leaves the Abomination for Ross and his forces to arrest. After having a peaceful moment with Betty, the Hulk flees New York. A month has gone by and Banner is in Bella Coola, British Columbia. Instead of suppressing his transformation, he begins to transform into a controlled manner with a slight smirk. Tony Stark approaches Ross at a local bar and informs him that a team is being put together and that is the incredible hulk wow that was, that was some story all right ladies and gentlemen let's get to the rating on a scale of one to ten i give the incredible hulk a A 7 out of 10. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I have to give it a 7 out of 10 and not a complete 10 out of 10. Reason being was because, well, reason why it does get a 7 out of 10 to begin with was because, well, um, for starters, um, it was a great movie. Don't get me wrong. Had a lot of good effects. Um, yeah, it just had a lot of good effects. The plot was good, too. Um relationship i mean not relationship the um the villain the abomination here just the graphics that they used on him that was just wow like to make him this this creature that is 10 times better than the hulk i just i just love that part um but aside from that um yeah i gotta give it a 7 out of 10 
Reason being is because a lot of the a majority part of the plot um, was simply just edited, was changed by Edward Norton, um, which didn't really let it achieve its full potential. Like this um, Zach Penn here, uh, he had a lot of good ideas. He was planning on making this one of the best movies he's ever written. He had um, some good, re some really good material written down. But then Marvel, I don't know, or the, the producers, I don't know, where just decide to hire Norton. And he comes in and he starts changing up the, the script. You know, he starts, you know, oh, we're going to change this and that and this and that. And I mean, while although it is a good, uh, some good shit in there, there is some good shit in there. It really missed on its potential you know like it's great but it could have been better you know that's the reason why i gotta give it this kind of, and not only that but i just simply don't like actors that are extremely difficult to work with i just don't and uh well i mean any ask any mcu fanboy well um uh, and they'll they'll say well of course man uh edward norton is really is a is a tough actor to work with he's very difficult he's He's got like this, uh, no, it has to be this. It's my way or the highway, you know? And, um, and yeah, I just, I just hate actors that are really difficult to work with. Like, sh like, shut up, bro. Like, shut up, shut up. Like, the only reason you're here is because you can hold your own, all right? If you were just, if you were all white, all, all show and no go, you wouldn't even be in the show business, all right? So just shut up. You know, let us make this movie. We'll get you paid. Shut up. <laughs> Just, just be quiet. But Edward over here says, "No, it's my way or the highway," and that really, that really makes me want to give this a low rating. Um, a lot of drama happened behind set for sure, because you know, like I said before, and ask any Edward Norton fan, and they'll say that they'll definitely confirm it. Even the ones that are extremely, extremely loyal to him, they'll say this. They'll say, "Yeah, man, he's a difficult actor to work with." I mean, who can blame him? All right. Yes, he is a, a difficult actor to work with. Uh, but, yeah. Um, I really like that ending where uh, Banner is in British Columbia. And he gets approached by Stark. And he tells him that... Um, he gets told that a team is being put together. But what... I'm guessing this 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 little cutscene, this... Um, this ending cut, the mid credit scene... I'm guessing this isn't really part of the MCU. It's not canonical. I'm guessing because, I mean, if you watch 2012's The Avengers, and spoiler alert, um, you will see that um, Stark is meeting Banner for the first time there. You know, he pokes him. He tries to make him angry. He does a bunch of stuff to him. But Bruce is like, what the fuck are you doing, man? And, uh, well, kind of confuses me because I'm like, wait. And the, at the end of this, he, he gets approached by by Stark. And he informs him that his team is being put together. But yeah, in the Avengers, he gets approached by Black Widow. And Banner has no fucking clue. He's like, I never heard of no team before. So I'm guessing the ending isn't really, uh, is not canonical. So this is what I'm guessing. But, all right, well, that, that, that's that. But yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Go a bit behind the scenes after the release of Ang Lee's Hulk screenwriter James Sh Sh Shamus 
was planning a sequel which would continue the story featuring Grey Hulk, featuring the Grey Hulk. He was also considering the leader and the Abomination as the villains. Marvel wanted the Abomination because he would be an actual threat to the Hulk, unlike General Ross. During the filming of Hulk, producer Avi Arad had a target May 2005 theatrical release. On January 18, 2006, Arad confirmed Marvel Studios would be providing the money for the Incredible Hulk's budget production with Universal distributing. Because Universal did not meet the deadline for, for filming a sequel, Marvel felt it would be it would be better to de deviate from Ang Lee's style to continue the franchise, arguing his film was like a parallel universe one-shot comic book and there needed to be... Uh, their, and their next film needed to be, in Kevin Feige's words, quote, really starting the Marvel Hulk franchise, end quote. Producer Gil and Heard also felt the film had to meet, quote, to meet what, quote, everyone expects to see from having read the comics and seen the TV show, end quote. Luis, uh, Louis, or Luis Leterrier, who enjoyed the series as a, as a child and, uh, like the first film, had expressed interest in directing the Iron Man uh, film, but John Favreau took that project, so uh, uh, Marvel instead offered him the Hulk, Incredible Hulk. Uh, Leterrier was reluctant as he was unsure if he could replicate Lee's style, but Marvel explained that that was not their intent. Leterrier's primary inspiration was Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale's Hulk Gray, um, which is a retelling of the character's first appearance. He replicated every comic book panel that he pinned up during pre-production from many comics he browsed in the final film. Uh, Leterrier said that he planned to show Bruce Banner struggle with a monster within him, while um, while Feige added the film would explore, quote, that, that element of wish fulfillment of overcoming an injustice or a bully and tapping into a strength that you didn't know you quite, that you didn't quite realize you had inside yourself, end quote. Arad also said that the film would be, quote, a lot more of a love story between uh, Bruce Banner and Betty Ross, end quote. Zach Penn wrote, a draft of the first film and get this the year 1996 and the and this and he said the film will follow up to hulk but stress it would be it would be more tonally similar to the tv show and bruce jones run on the comic he compared his script to aliens which was very different from alien uh but still in the same continuity he included two scenes from his 1996 script banner jumping from a helicopter to trigger his transformation and realizing realizing he is unable to have to do it with Betty. <laughs> do it, I mean, set. I mean, fuck her. Um, sorry. Uh, after the studio rejected a treatment by another screenwriter in 2006, Penn wrote three graphs, uh, drafts before departing in early 2007 to perform his film, The Grand. Norton, uh, Edward Norton, that, that same April, Edward Norton began discussions to play Banner and arranged a deal that w included him as both an actor and writer. With a screenplay draft, he was contra contractually obligated to turn within a month. He did so and continued to polish his draft as late as halfway through principal photography. In November 2006, a, uh, a June 13, 2008 release date was set. The Terrier acknowledged the only remaining similarity between the two films was Bruce hiding in South America and that the film was a unique reboot as generally, audiences would have expected another 40-minute origin story. Uh, there were previous discussions to set the first act in Thailand. Leterrier felt that audiences were left restless waiting for the character to arrive in Ang Lee's film. Uh, Feige commented, we didn't, quote, uh, Kevin Feige commented, quote, we didn't want to tell the origin story again because we thought people were so familiar with it, which is why we didn't tell that. One reason we made Incredible Hulk was to get Hulk into the, into the, 
uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe canon, end quote. Shortly after the release of The Incredible Hulk, Gale and Heard commented on the uncertainty of its relationship with Ang Lee's Hulk film, uh, saying, quote, We couldn't quite figure out how to term this. It's kind of a reboot and kind of a sequel, quote. Heard said that the requel, a portmanteau of reboot and sequel, was a perfect description for the film. Norton explained his decision to ignore Lee's origin story, saying, quote, I don't even like the phrase origin story, and I don't think it's in great literature and great films that explaining the roots of the story doesn't mean it comes from the beginning, end quote. Audiences know the story, end quote, he added. He also said, quote, so deal with it artfully, end quote. He wanted to have, quote, revelations even in the third act about what is said, what set this whole thing in um, motion. End quote. The new origin story references Ultimate Marvel's take on the Hulk, which has, which also had him created in an attempt to make super soldiers. Norton removed Rick Jones and toned down Shield's pres presence. He also added the scene where Banner, Banner attempts to extract a cure from a flower, and emailing with Samuel Stearns, which references Bruce Jones' story. Uh, Norton rewrote scenes every day. Ultimately, the Writers Guild of America decided to credit the script solely to Penn, who argued that Norton had not put had, had not dramatically changed the script. Journalist Ann Thompson explained, quote, The Guild tends to favor plot, structure, and pre-existing characters over dialogue, end quote. Penn said in 2008, quote, I wasn't happy with Norton coming to Comic-Con saying he wrote the whole script. Before either Penn or Norton joined the script, an anonymous screenwriter wrote a draft and lobbied for credit. Oh boy. All right. Well, <clears throat> the Terrier had to direct four units with a broken foot. Imagine directing something with broken foot. Anyways, filming began on July 9th, 2007. Shooting mainly took in Toronto because Mayor David Miller is a huge Hulk fan and promised to be very helpful to the crew when closing Yonge Street for four nights in September to shoot Hulk and Blonsky's climactic fight. Despite messing up the street with explosives and only returned burned vehicles, the crew would clean it up within 20 minutes so business could continue as normal each day. Uh, the first action sequence was shot uh, in... Was shot... Hold up, where the fuck was I? All right. The first action sequence was shot at the Culver University bottle, which was filmed at the University of Toronto and Morningside Park. Filmmakers built a glass wall or a walkway at the university for when the soldiers trapped Banner inside to smoke him out. There was a shooting in the financial district, a factory in Hamilton, Ontario, which was used was was due for demolition. Uh, but it was the in interior of the Brazilian factory. Um, the site's underground floors were used used for Ross's military command center. Uh, the crew also shot part of the Hulk and Blonsky's fight on a back lot in Hamilton. Uh, other Canadian locations were the CFB Trenton and a glacier in Bella Coola, British Columbia. Afterwards, there was a week-long shoot in New York City and two weeks in Rio de Janeiro. While there, the crew shot in Rochina Lapa, Tuhika Forest, and Santa Teresa. Filming concluded in November after 88 days of filming. That's a long, that's a short time. Jesus. Anyways, the Incredible Hulk joined Toronto's Green Screen Initiative to help cut carbon emissions and, and waste created during filming. Producer Gail Ann Hurd acknowledged that the Hulk being green was a popular environmental analogy, and Norton himself is an actual environmentalist. Hybrid and fuel-efficient vehicles were used with low sulfur diesel as their energy source. 
the construction department used a sustainably harvested local locally sourced yellow pine instead of Ruan for sets and also used zero or low VOC paint. The wood was generally recycled or given to environmental organizations. The paint cans were handed to waste management. And in addition, they used cloth bags, biodegradable food containers, china, and silverware food utensils, a stainless steel mug for each production crew member, a contractor who removed bins, recycled paper, biodegradable soap, and cleaners in the trailers and production offices, and the sound department used rechargeable batteries. Incredible Hulk became the first blockbuster to receive the Environmental Media Association's green seal, which displayed during the end credits. Damn, bro. They took the whole Hulk being green thing too fucking far, yo. Jesus. Anyways, in the end, 70 minutes of the footage, mostly detailing with the origin, were not included in the final cut. Much of his backstory was unscripted, and the filmmakers were never sure of including it into the final cut, and had considered releasing some of these clips on the internet. Editor Kyle Cooper, creator of the Marvel logo, Wild with the Flipping Pages, and and montage detailing Iron Man's biography in that film edited together much of this footage into the opening credits. The interior explained a negative test screening where flashbacks were placed across the film that the audience found too similar to Hulk had resulted in compressing these to the film start. Uh, this replaced the original opening where Banner comes to comes to the Arctic to commit suicide. When the scene ends in an instant, the frozen body of Captain America is partially seen in the ice. Leteria said that he did not want the scene to be lost amid the opening montage. Norton and Leteria disputed with the dis- uh, producers over the final run timing. They wanted to be they wanted it to be near 135 minutes, while the producers wanted the film to be under two hours. This was made public, and rumors spread that Norton quote made it clear that he won't cooperate with publicity plans if he's not happy with the final product. End quote. Norton dismissed this, saying quote Our healthy process of collaboration, which is which is and should be a private matter, was mis represented publicly as a dispute seized by only people looking for a good story and has been disordered to such a degree that it risks distracting from the film itself, which Marvel, Universal, and I refuse to let that happen. It has always been my firm conviction that films should speak for themselves and that knowing too much about how they are made diminishes the magic of watching them, end quote. That's like the analogy of watching how sausage is made. Jesus. All right. Well... As far as marketing goes, effort was made to promote the story as having a romance and physical antagonist, and the title was used for promotional plans such as 7-Eleven's Incredible Gulp, Slurpees, and Incredible Dad, the Father's Day gifts at Kmart. Yes, Kmart. That's how old this is, bro. Kmart. Kmart still exists. For those of you that do not know what Kmart is, it's like Walmart, but expensive. Um, If you grew up... If you were born after, I don't know, say maybe 2005, 2006, you won't know what a Kmart is. But, uh, um, yeah. If you live in the North Hollywood area, you'll know what a Kmart was. Anyways, Burger King also promoted the film and General Nutrition Centers used the title character as a role model for strength training. That's actually a good idea. Hasbro created a toy line, which they released on May 3rd, while Sega released a video game on June 5th. And the film was promoted in an episode of American Gladiators on June 9th, 2008, which was hosted by Hulk Hogan and Lou Ferrigno. Now, those of you that do not know who Lou is, he is actually, he actually played the Hulk in the 1970s series. Um, following the editing dispute between Norton and Leterrier, Universal's Adam Fogelson and Norton planned a promotional tour which would avoid constant media interviews and therefore uncomfortable questions. Norton attended the premiere and took part in a Jimmy Kimmel Live sketch and 
would also promote the film in Japan. However, during the film's release, he chose to do charity work in Africa. Yay, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Good. Anyways, the, the film premiered on June 8th at the Gibson Amphitheater in Universal City, California, and was released in theaters on June 13th in the U.S. It opened in 3,505 theaters, and the film is part of the Phase 1 of the MCU. Incredible Hulk was formatted in IMAX for the first time on August 30th, 2018. Yes, 10 years after. Uh, as It was part of the Marvel Studios 10-year IMAX festival. So, eh. Anyways... The Incredible Hulk went on to earn $134.8 million in the U.S. and Canada alone. They got $128.6 million from other territories and in total, a two, total of $263.4 million. The film, even though it barely passed its predecessor and only equaled if equaled it if the smaller budget of the first film was taken into account, was still considered moderately successful. Entertainment analyst David Davis, that's weird, David Davis, told The Hollywood Reporter, quote, the first Hulk had such high expectations after after the NBC Universal merger was supposed to be uh, critical, was supposed to be critical favorite Ang Lee's breakout commercial blockbuster. Then with the new Hulk film, Marvel was able to underplay the importance of the success after the great success of Iron Man this summer. So the new one over-delivered relative to its under-promise. Ooh. Incredible Hulk received a, a whopping $55.4 million in its opening weekend, becoming the top film at the box office. It was right behind uh, behind Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer. It was the second highest grossing film over Father's Day weekend, 2008. Yay, I guess. This surpassed industry expectations of a $45 million opening following the disappointing response to the 2003 film. Universal believed word of mouth would contribute to the film breaking uh, even eventually. Uh, the Incredible Hulk also opened in 38 other countries, adding $31 million to the total opening. The film grossed the, the film outgrossed the 2003 film in South Korea, while its openings in Mexico and Russia created records for Universal. The film grossed $24 million yuan, or uh, it's, it's Chinese money, uh, in, uh, in, its, uh, in its Chinese <laughs> opening on August 26, 2008, outgrossing the previous film's overall gross of $10 million yuan. On the website, Rotten Tomatoes has got a uh, rate approval rating of 67%. Um, based on 232 reviews, the website's consensus reads, quote, The Incredible Hulk may not be quite the smashing success that Marvel fans raging uh, behemoth might hope for, but it offers more than enough big green action to make up for its occasionally puny narrative, end quote. Uh, good enough for me. I mean, again, I won't really give it a 10 out of 10 because, I mean, the whole drama between Norton and Marvel, um, the story was good, don't get me wrong. The story was good, the abomination, great villain, but, I mean, the fact that they never made a, the fact that they never made a sequel also kind of pisses me off. Like, it's like, wait, bro, like, they had chance, they had chances for a fucking sequel, but, eh, whatever. Uh, it received a lot of, uh, nominations, such as the Teen Choice Awards, National Movie Awards, Scream Awards, and even Saturn Awards. They were all nominated, but sadly didn't win shit. Uh, of a potential sequel, when I mean, when asked for a potential sequel, Norton said, quote, the whole thing was to envision it, it in multiple parts. We left a lot out on purpose. It is definitely intended as chapter one, end quote. Leterrier made the final, the film's final shot of bang, banner ambiguous. The thought 
The thought being, if there is a sequel, it would mean Banner finally masters control over his anger. If there's not a sequel, the shot indicates instead he becomes a menace in the Avengers. Which kind of sucks. The material had also intended for a scene in the credits showing Blonsky human once more imprisoned and chained in a box. The character of Samuel Storms, played by Tim Blake Nelson, was set was introduced to set him up as a villain in a possible future film where he would become the leader. Aaron Sims, the lead designer on The Incredible Hulk, also took time to work on concepts for the leader. Nelson is signed on to reprise his role. Ty Burrell wants to portray the superpower Doc Sanson faithfully to the comics. Leterrier and Roth were originally contracted to return. Leterrier also stated that Norton was not signed on, but in October 2008, Hertz stated that Norton was contracted to reprise the role. The film had outgrossed its predecessor and Universal indicated interest in a sequel, though Leterrier believed a sequel would not be made because of the film's box office return. Feige said that the film met Marvel's expectation and that Hulk would return, but after the crossover. Heard was not concerned that a sequel may not be produced until at least 2012, citing the posi positive reception to the film and having produced the Terminator series, the second and third film of which had a 12-year gap. Tim Roth uh, confirmed that Marvel had signed him for three more films. Leterrier, after having previously said that he did not want to direct a sequel, said in late 2009 that he had changed his mind and was now amenable. Uh, Mark Ruffalo, uh, Leterrier's first choice before casting Norton, began his role as Bruce Banner slash the Hulk in Marvel's 2012 The Avengers. After Feige said... He chose not to bring back Norton. In October 2014, Norton claimed he chose to never play the Hulk again because he wanted, quote, more diversity with his career and did not want to be associated with only one character. In April 2012, despite Ruffalo being, board, being on board to play the Hulk and the sequel, Feige confirmed to Collider that Marvel had no plans at the time to film another Hulk film. In a Q&A session, Feige and Ruffalo confirmed that discussions were underway to produce yet another Hulk film due to the positive response to Ruffalo's performance in 2012, uh, in September 2012, Feige, while exploring all possible story options for a sequel film, including a film based on Planet Hulk and World War Hulk storyline, stated, quote, everything is on the table. Do I think Hulk can carry a movie and be as entertaining as he was on the Avengers? I do believe that. I do believe that. I do believe that he would absolutely could. Well, certainly we are not going to attempt that until the second Avengers film, so that there's a lot more time to think it. End quote. Um, all right. In June of 2014, Ruffalo stated that the studio might be considering doing a new standalone of the Hulk film, saying, quote, I think they are for the first time entertaining the idea of it. Uh, when we did the Avengers, it was basically no. And there's some consideration for it, but there's still nothing definitive, not even a skeletal version of what it could be. End quote. In July of that same year, Feige stated that the studio was considering a Planet Hulk film at the time due to wanting to feature due to wanting to feature Ruffalo's uh, banner in the film. However, he did not rule out that a story rule out a story that he saw the Hulk and Banner end up in space and explained why a solo Hulk film did not occur in phase two of the MCU by saying, quote, after the first Avengers, Iron Man had his own movie, Thor had his own movie, Captain America had his own movie. Widow and Fury were in the Winter Soldiers, uh, so it was really about, frankly, saving somebody so that the only place you could get Hulk between Avengers movies is the next Avengers movie. So director Joss Whedon could continue to play with that in Avengers Age of Ultron, where we go 
after that, we'll see, end quote. In October of 2014, again, on a solo film, Feast said, quote, we'll see. We love to do it. We love to find a place to put it. But right now, Hulk will be appearing with his friends in their phase three films. In April of 2015, Ruffalo said that Universal said Universal holding the distribution rights to Hulk films may be an obstacle to releasing a future Hulk standalone film. Uh, and re reiterated this in October of 2015 and July of 2017. Marvel regained film uh, the film production rights to the character since uh, February of 2006, but Universal retained the distribution rights for The Incredible Hulk as well as the right for a refusal to pick up the distribution rights to each of any future Marvel-produced Hulk films. According to the Hollywood promoter, a potential reason why Marvel has not reacquired the distribution rights for the movie uh, the Hulk, as they did with Paramount Pictures for Iron Man, Thor, and Captain America films, is that Universal holds the theme park rights to several Marvel characters, and that Marvel's parent company, Disney, wants it for its own theme parks. In December of 2015, Ruffalo stated that the strained relationship between Marvel and Universal may be another obstacle in releasing a future standalone Hulk film. In the following month, he indicated that the lack of a Hulk of a standalone Hulk film allowed the character to play a more prominent role in Thor Ragnarok, Avengers Infinity War, and the legendary Avengers Endgame, stating, quote, we've worked, we, we've worked a really interesting arc in Thor Ragnarok, Infinity War, and Endgame. For Banner, I think, I think we'll, when it's all added up, we'll feel like a Hulk movie, a standalone movie, end quote. MCU director James Gunn expressed interest in doing a film featuring both Hulk and Red Hulk, but the project never entered development due to conflicts with Universal. At the 2019 D23 Expo, Marvel Studios confirmed that the series centered around Jennifer Walters, aka She-Hulk, is in development for an exclusive release on Disney+. The miniseries will revolve around Bruce Banner's cousin. Cousin! who gained superpowers after receiving a blood transfusion from him. By April 2020, Ruffalo was in the talks to appear in She-Hulk. Uh, he also hoped a solo Hulk film could still happen and have it centered on the character's life between his other film appearances to quote-unquote fill in all the blanks about what happened to him. And, well, as far as the story goes for that, that's that's it. That, that's that. Uh, yeah. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen... I've been talking for a long time. My throat kind of hurts. So I think we're just going to end it here. I'd like to thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, be safe for starters. You know, daylight savings is coming. It's starting to get dark really sooner. So if you got something to do, do it during the daylight. You know, don't do it at dark. Don't go out in the street at dark because it's kind of fucked up. Uh, let me tell you, yesterday I was uh, just on a sidewalk coming home. Uh, I was on my bike. I wasn't really going fast. I was going like, what? 5, 10, 5, 10, 15 miles per hour. And this family, like this huge family is hogging up the entire sidewalk. They turn around and they see me speeding towards them, but they just stand there like a bunch of morons. Normally, I would have ran them over, but uh, seeing as how um, my attitude changed during this quarantine, I said, no, no harm. You harm yourself. So I skewered off the sidewalk and uh, tripped over a, a parking stump, mainly because it was dark and I couldn't see. So once again, ladies and gentlemen, if you're going to do something, do it in the day of light. Um, but yeah, you guys, stay safe. Um, a lot of bad shit's happening out in the world. So please, 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 please stay safe. Not only because you're a human being and you have so much to live for, but because I need you to listen to this so I can get money from you listening to this. Um, yes. Uh, but anyways, I got a lot, a lot of stuff planned out for this month, and I'm really excited. Uh, I hope you guys will enjoy what I have next. 
store for you guys. Um, it's going to be really surprising. And if you're wondering why I didn't have my guest star in this episode, well, it's because um, although I did choose a winner on Wednesday night, uh, we're in the middle of discussing details, but um, uh, the episode will air sometime in uh, October, in the last week of October. Um, and now that I have you guys um, here, I just want to say thank you guys so much for participating in the contest. Um, I kind of felt bad, you know, just only choosing one. Like, all these people signed up, and I'm like, shit, well, I got to choose now. And um, one of these contests will come up for sure. For sure, for sure, they will come up. Um, and, yeah. Uh, who knows? Maybe I'll hold a Halloween contest or something. I don't know. Probably not. Um, this contest was a was a was a headache. It was a big headache. All right. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe I'll just put off the contest and maybe do one. I don't know. Maybe at the end of our season or something like that. Uh, which, by the way, we're halfway through our season. That's right. I our first season will be full of sixty episodes. We're only halfway through them, which means I gotta do this thirty more times. But anyways, yeah. That's 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 that. Uh, I like to thank you guys so much for watching. Stay safe and well. I hope you. Hope to catch you guys in the next one. See ya.